0: everyone, and welcome to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Conde Nast Traveler. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Laleh Erokoglou. Hello. Like many of you, we've also had to cancel trips as a result of the current pandemic. In fact, Lale was supposed to be on vacation in Antigua at this very moment. And it's been really hard to find our way through all of the complicated emotions that have come with putting life on hold and sheltering in place. To work through it all with us, we have Megan Spirell, newly anointed associate editor at Traveler. Congratulations, Hi. Megan. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Julia Buckley, a traveler, contributor, and frequent traveler based in the UK. Hello. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to Sydney Baker and Anna Stenauer for sharing what they wanted to hear from Lolly and I on Instagram and inspiring this week's episode. Lolly, do you want to kick it off with
1: the first question? I do. I'm actually going to kick it off with a question for you Julia which is that um, while as the pandemic took hold around the world you were actually traveling a lot and were abroad when you realized that you needed to be back in the UK sheltering in place could you talk through a little bit about what that experience was like and what it took to get home?
2: Yeah, it was actually really surreal. So I was in the middle of this month long trip around South America in Brazil, and then Uruguay. And then I was going to Argentina and then back to Brazil before I finished. And it happened when I was in Uruguay. And the whole time in Brazil, I'd seen things happening and had kind of seen what was coming, but I didn't realize how fast it was going to be. And I was also feeling a lot more safe over there than I was, than I would have felt at home and wasn't that excited at the idea of coming home so my thought was oh by the time I spent a month out here I'll have ridden out the peak and I'll come back to London and everything's going to be fine nobody's going to be dying anymore and this will be great and then I was in Uruguay and it all got very surreal I was stargazing looking at the Milky Way in my hotel one night managed to fall over in the dark and sprain my ankle um got taken to hospital and then had to spend the next five days resting up in this lovely B&B that I found near Punta del Este, near the hospital. Um, and I just sat there in the hammock for five days, watching the world kind of close down bit by bit. And it really felt like I was on another planet, kind of watching everything from afar and still not really realising how that affected me because... I was in my own little world, couldn't even walk or go anywhere. Um and then I was having discussions with the insurance and the travel insurance about they wanted to take me home because I had this sprained ankle and I was saying, No, 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 I want to carry on with my trip. I'm going to Argentina next, but first I've got to drive six hours in Uruguay to Carmelo, this wine town, I've got to go and visit some vineyards. And then Argentina closed its borders to foreigners and I thought, Oh, I'm not gonna go to Argentina and the um insurance people were saying you really need to come home, you're crazy to be staying out here. And I was saying, no, 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 you don't understand, I live for this, I love travel, I want to stay. And then I realised that it just, it wasn't going to happen, and the lovely people at my hotel, who were amazing family taking care of me, they started getting worried and saying, we've been told that we're going to have to shut down soon, we can help you find a house to rent if you want to stay here, but you might have to be here all winter in Uruguay. Um, And I just realised that I had to... I had to get home to my family. I still tried to see if I could do a few days in Brazil on the way back. But then I just, things started happening so quickly that I thought, actually, I need to get home before the UK closes its borders, which is what I thought was going to happen. It didn't. We're still allowing flights to go and come from anywhere. Um, So, yeah, I got back, got back to a completely deserted Heathrow after I would had to change my flight, bring it forward three weeks hired a car, drove home to Cornwall where my mum is um, because she's by herself and I wanted to be with her and make sure that she was okay. And I've been here ever since, like sheltering. At The moment I'm in a neighbour's garage, um, self-isolating until I'm really, really safe to go in with mum.
0: How did it feel to change your plans so abruptly? Obviously, this was a much longer trip than it ended up being. Um, I think a lot of us are thinking about future cancelled trips, but how did it feel to kind of cut it off right again when you were hitting your stride?
2: It was pathetically tragic. I was so, so upset. I was in floods of tears. And I remember I had one night sitting in the hammock, all dark with the kind of sea mist all around me coming off the Atlantic out in my hammock by the little pool and I was the only guest it was incredible this experience at this hotel um and I had this talk with the travel insurance people and they were saying you need to come home we can't cover you for coronavirus but we can bring you home for your sprained foot and you're crazy if you think that you want to stay out here because you have no idea what's happening he was on the phone to me and he was saying oh another another alert from the foreign office has just come about out and now Uruguay is about to kick foreigners out and oh another alert's just come up as we're talking so yeah I was devastated on that phone call and I was not thinking straight and I was saying no you don't understand I'm gonna stay I have to stay I can't I can't give up I can't this is my life like I live for travel I don't know what else I'm gonna do and then I thought about it overnight and I woke up to a text message from a friend saying please come home um And that's when I decided to come home. So, yeah, it's pathetic that I was so caught up in my little trip and not thinking about the bigger picture in the world. But when you, I don't know, when I travel, I get so into it, I never want to come home. And it was so perfect and so beautiful. And I was having this incredible experience with this family in Uruguay. They were looking after me. I was beginning to talk terrible Spanish to them. We were chatting like they were treating me like one of their family. They were bringing me their soup that they'd made that night to share with them. It was just a really amazing experience. Like I was on some kind of language school or a foreign exchange or something. And I just, yeah, it's devastating that like I had to come home from that. I'm still not quite over it.
1: As of interest, have you stayed in touch with that family since you've been back in the UK?
2: Yeah, we've Um I've sent a picture of my home. They were texting me kind of every day to say, are you safe yet? Are you home yet? And I kept saying, no, I'm in Brazil because I can't get a flight home from Sao Paulo yet. Don't worry, though, I'm out of your country. Like, Because they were terrified that the Uruguay border was going to close and there would be no flights back to Europe. So yes, we are in touch. Hopefully going to stay more in touch with them. I've promised them that as soon as this is all over, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have learned proper Spanish and we can have a proper conversation Um, I bought them a bottle of hand sanitizer before I left because I had to go back to the hospital to get a flip to fly certificate and they were selling hand sanitizer there and the family had been saying that they didn't have any. So we had this kind of tearful farewell, like all of us just seemed really sad that I was leaving because not because I was such a popular guest, but because it was just such a huge kind of moment in the world that we could all kind of feel I was their last guest of the year. I was going back home and would not know when I was next going to get on a plane. It was just like this air of finality for all of us, I think, was really powerful. And I guess
1: to them, you were their sort of last shred of normalcy. Like once you left, they were no longer operating a and b or their business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't getting any more money after me. But also, yeah, I was the last person they had to make breakfast for or the last person that they had to clean the pool for and they'd already started to move into the other rooms um my Spanish wasn't good enough to ask where they normally live but they started to move into the other rooms in the hotel and I was in this kind of little cabana on the other side of the pool and so for the last couple of days they had actually moved into the hotel rooms so it was like our own weird little commune like cut off from everyone else it was just it was such an incredible experience actually I'll never never forget that. Pusada de Creon um, in La Barra, just outside Punta del Este. If anyone wants to go, they are the nicest, sweetest, kindest people.
1: God, they can going to have people lining up to stay when this is over. I'll be f- first in the queue. <laughs> I, hope so. I,
2: I hope so.
0: I know that, Lala, you were supposed to be on vacation um, at a friend's wedding when This episode goes live and you and Megan and I were all supposed to go to another friend's wedding, a dress that I was going to wear to that wedding I wore to a Zoom meeting the other day. Um, But what other trips um, have you guys had to cancel or adjust with everything that's going on right now?
1: Megan, I know that you had a big trip to Lebanon, right?
3: Yeah, I had, um, I feel like I had a handful of weekend trips to the wedding we were all going to go to, to my sister's bachelorette party. Um, and I also had trips that I hadn't started planning yet. And I think one of the biggest ones was a trip I was really looking forward to in early June to Lebanon and uh, to Beirut with, with a friend. And then I was going to tack on a weekend alone in Istanbul, which was kind of a big thing for me. And as this has all been unfolding, I sort of stopped Planning that trip, we kept saying, "Oh, let's wait, let's wait and see if we should buy the flights. Let's get a little closer to, oh, now there's cases in Beirut. Maybe we won't go there. And then obviously, this became this giant global pandemic, and I realized I wasn't going anywhere. But I think I think what most people are feeling now that I'm definitely feeling is like now I'm looking at my September trips, and that's when my sister's wedding is. And you know, the wedding we were all supposed to go to is in October, but now that feels not that far away. And I think that's like kind of the headspace I'm personally in like, I feel like the other trips I like said goodbye to so long ago, it just, you know, every day is like a year.
1: You know, I think, um, Julia, you said something really interesting, which was that um, when you were lying in your hammock, you felt pathetically sad. And I think that sort of sums up how a lot of us feel about our cancelled plans, because it's like, obviously, you understand that the severity of this crisis is much bigger than your cancelled holiday or your cancelled travels. But at the same time, like it is something that means something to you that you have either invested money in or invested time in or like, you know, with us and especially you, Julia, like those travels are what brings you work. You know, you are a travel writer. And it's hard to forgive yourself for feeling sad about that when you know that things could be so much worse
2: for me as well one of the the main reasons that I travel apart from it being for work but one of the reasons that I love travel is meeting new people and having my mind open to different cultures or I'll learn about the history of a place and get into that or I'll start trying to learn a few words of the language that opens up my tiny life in so many ways just even a five-day trip to somewhere I'll come back with my head just buzzing of People that I've met and things that I want to know more about and everything and the idea of that closing down is, is what saddens me. The idea that I can't go back to that family in Uruguay or that I can't, I'm not going to go to those vineyards. It's not just I wanted to be drinking wine in the vineyards. It was everything that I knew that I was going to learn and get excited about and things that I never thought I'd get excited about um, that would have happened. And it's uh, it's kind of a feeling of loss, really. Even though it's, I don't want to be there right now. I'm glad that I'm here with my family and I'd want everyone to stay at home until this all finishes. But there's still that, that sensation of of loss, almost like a little bit of grief.
1: Exactly. And it's like, you know that staying at home and self-isolating is necessary and important and has to be done, but you can also still feel sad that you have to do it those those two things aren't exclusive of each other and I think if I've realized anything over the past like six weeks it's that you're allowed to feel many things at once and I think one of the things that's been like a real struggle for me is that yes obviously like travel is a big part of my life I mean I talk on a podcast about it once a week I work at a travel magazine but I think the other thing that I that makes it such a struggle to not be able to do it right now is the extremity of what we're experiencing it's not like we're all living our normal lives but it's like oh well I have to cancel my holiday or my trip and I just can't go anywhere for a while it's like no I can't go outside I can't see my friends or my family or have like you said Julia those human connections that like we all crave I think something that
3: like I've been thinking about because you know just thinking of like that Lebanon trip I feel like I had you know I said I already like said goodbye to it a while ago but also I have been personally feeling like over the past couple of years, I've been in a travel rut where I've been like doing a lot of those obligatory visits or weddings and things that are so special, of course. But, you know, it's not you really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that's why like my big June trip felt like I had finally like made myself pick a date, grab a friend and like do this big thing that was a bucket list trip without having some impetus or some other thing making me go. I didn't have somewhere I had to be like I was just pulling it together and pulling off this trip. And I think when I felt like really bummed about that and like, wow, it's going to take so much energy for me to really pull it together and pull this trip off in the future. I think of like something, a friend who uh, is a therapist and always says wise things to me recently said, but you know, I think all of us keep apologizing for how we're feeling where we say, well, I know everyone has it so much worse. So like, I know I'm not allowed to complain about this or I know I can't say anything. And it's like, this is such a crisis. And no matter what your situation is, I'm sure there's someone going through something worse. But what she said to me that I keep playing in my head is if the comparison game makes you feel better, do it. And like, it's definitely a good filter for thinking about what you complain about on social media or what you put out in very public places. But also like all of our feelings are valid. They're all real. And all of our experiences right now are so confined to like the space of our apartment or the garage we're in or whatever space whatever place we're, um, isolating and like, we still have to pay attention to how we're feeling or we're going to go truly insane, like locked away from everyone and the world we're used to.
0: Yeah. I think that what I am trying to figure out right now is that I didn't really have travel plans this year. I had a whole load of weddings that are now all rescheduled to October. Um, and a Plan to go somewhere for Labor Day with some um, friends of mine from college, but I did not plan a week anywhere or set up anything because I was like, "Oh, I'll I'll deal with it later. I'll start planning it later. I'll figure it out later." And now that later is way later than I had ever imagined. So wrapping my head around when that those trips actually happen is kind of crazy and feels. Like something I can't even think about right now, but at the same time, all I'm doing is sitting on my phone, looking at old trips, like from five, ten years ago. I'm at my parents' house, and like looking at old vacation photos and all of that has become what I do a lot of the time um, in the evenings. And so I feel like there's like this deep missing of travel and an unknown as to what comes next.
3: Something else I've been thinking about is like in our, you know, company-wide Slack, I saw someone ask in a benefits channel about what's happening to like all of our vacation days, because I mean, we might reach the end of the year and not go anywhere. And I was realizing I haven't used a vacation day. Like, and if, and if I can't take these trips, that's just crazy. Like we talk so much about the importance of that. I'm like, wow, should I just take them and like have a week off here? Or would that be worse for me? I can't
1: tell, but... I actually have a friend who took a personal day recently so he could just play video games all day because he was like I just I just need to take a day and I'm just going to play PlayStation it makes me happy. That is so fair. And I was like good for
0: you. <laughs> no, I mean I think it's true that taking that time off like there's a reason why we've said in the past that even if you can't go on vacation it's worth taking time off because you need a break and especially now you need a break. So I would Check with your current work policy to see what their options are and if they're changing anything to roll things over. And, like, yeah, give yourself the grace to take the time that you would have been taking otherwise to, like, get offline
1: or stay and online, would,
0: whatever you want to do.
1: And I would also add that, by you know, I'm, you know, this is such uncharted territory that I'm sure a lot of workplaces haven't even really seriously thought about that problem yet and but by asking that question and sowing that seed that sets the ball rolling for policies to be changed or things to be addressed in the coming months so it's always worth asking the question i think one you know aspect of travel that we haven't quite broached yet which is something that i've been thinking about a lot is actually um of course there's there's travel for pleasure and for work but there's also traveling to see family and this experience has made me realize quite how far i live from home and i've always taken that transatlantic flight um for granted it's always felt oddly you know it costs a lot of money but it's always felt oddly easy and suddenly it's not and i you know knock on wood like i know i know i will see my parents soon like it will be you know but the not knowing when is really is really hard and you know julia you you made the decision that you needed to get back so that you could be close to your family uh, rather than spending a winter in Uruguay. Um, And Megan, I know, you know, your mum is in California, which is the same distance as London, basically. And I'm just wondering how you're kind of factoring in um, what that, like, California travel would look like, if and when.
3: The number of times I've thought of, like, do I get a car and just go, just head west? Like, I... (laughs) Um, Lolly, you wrote such a beautiful essay about like missing London. And I actually had that exact realization after I was like, I've been feeling like that too. And then I thought about, I was like, I'm also that far. And I think there's like this landmass that I could cross if I got desperate. But, um, like at the beginning of this, some people did make the drives home, um, to different places. And I think I had a moment of being like, should I do that? You know, my mom lives alone. My sisters and I are, you know, one's in New York, one's in Denver. So we're all different places. And I think I, obviously there's the appeal of like having a backyard and a whole home and being with her and there's a dog and we have an avocado tree. Like it's, it's amazing. And I think, you know, I had like, there was a very short window to do that and I definitely missed it. And I also, you know, I have emotional, like an emotional attachment to being here and I live with my partner and we have our apartment. And I think there were so many factors, but I have realized like, I don't make a lot of trips home. Usually I don't prioritize it because I want to like, you know, like you were talking about Julia, go places and see things I've never seen and learn new languages. And I want to feel like I'm just a sponge soaking up these new cultures and learning always. And I also like, LA isn't my favorite city. And I think I just feel like been there, done that. There's nothing new for me, which obviously is never true. But yeah, I've just, all I can think is like, wow, I really miss like being in my car and sitting in traffic on the 110 and like hearing the music I want to hear. And I want to be like shuttling back and forth between my mom's house and my friends. And like, I just think there's so many little things I miss. And I, not only do I want to go back right when this is over, but like I got to stop being so lazy about going home and like taking that long flight and being like, yeah, this year I'm only going home a couple times, but like next year, like I just, I don't know. I appreciate the city a lot. And like, it's definitely changed my thinking. Like I think it has for so many of us.
0: Julia, when you think about how your priorities for forward looking trips have changed just in the time that you've been home, what is different for you about the trips you want to take when you can travel again?
2: I think I'm gonna be thinking a lot more about why I want to go to a place, not just because I have to go there for work or because I haven't been there, but what am I actually gonna get from it? I think I was so lucky in the last the last two trips that I took, so I had my South America one with that incredible Uruguayan ding that I'll never forget. Like I feel kind of attached to Uruguay and Uruguayans forever now and I'm gonna learn Spanish with a Uruguayan accent and everything. And right before that, I'd been in Italy and I had gone to the Marche region in the middle of Italy. And I'd arrived there from Naples the day that that region closed. It only had a few cases, but it closed all its public areas, so all the galleries, museums, everything. And I was there for work, supposed to be writing about galleries and museums. And I got there to these ghost towns. So I had this incredible experience in Italy where I had nothing to do. And so I just went around these tiny towns, finding people to talk to. And instead of Rushing from one place to the next and eating a sandwich in the car on the way, I would buy different ingredients for my sandwich from the different tiny local shops, and then I put my sandwich together and ate it on a bench overlooking this incredible landscape, which I never, never do. I never have time because I'm always rushing. And those two trips, not even because of the circumstances, because now I can't travel for a while, but those are kind of seared in my memory as two of the best trips that I've ever taken even though on one level, they were disastrous, like I didn't see anything of what I had gone to see. I didn't have the experiences that I was hoping for. But I just had a much, much deeper experience um, on that level. And I'm never going to forget them. So I think when I start traveling again, I'm going to try and slow down. It's difficult when you're going for work, because you do feel like you have to tick off everything. But I'm going to realize you don't have to see five museums, you can pick one or you don't have to see all five historic bars in Genoa. You can just go to one and sit down instead of standing at the counter and you can enjoy it and really soak it in. And I think that's what this has taught me because it's the, like, the images and the almost the smells and the feelings that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life of those two trips. It's not that painting that I saw in a gallery.
0: How have you all been bringing your travels into your home in a more serious way than you were before?
3: I mean, when this first happened, a lot of people were talking about that and kind of finding ways to escape from home. And I think I just like, at first wasn't in a space to do that. I was just like, felt just too crazy. And I think with time, I've been able to like calm down a little and one of the things that's really helped is cooking. So I have this like wall of cookbooks in my apartment, which everyone on the traveler staff, and Women Who Travel team knows about because I just hoard cookbooks. I love them. I don't think anyone believes I cook from them. And honestly, before this, I very rarely did. But they're all from different places. And I think one that I've really loved using that's kind of like become my part-time job is this uh, cookbook from Peru where I... Lived for six months. Um, I've gone back a lot of times. I'm dating a Peruvian, and I have so many really fond memories with these dishes. And I always thought they looked too intimidating to cook; like they take too much time. I assumed the ingredients would be so impossible to get. And I've opened it like eight times in the past week or two, and used it and cooked things that I never knew I could make. Like. I literally have chicharron boiling on the stove right now to make a sandwich later, which is going to take six hours and it'll only be ready by dinner. But like I'm home and I can do that. And it feels so nice. Like I think of those travel memories and it also makes me feel, again, like I'm learning something and connected to the outside world and like kind of empowered, even though I'm stuck here. And I think, I know like a lot of people have gone through waves of wanting to cook ambitiously and then that completely losing its sparkle and just being like another chore, but that's really helped me put some music on and like just let your mind wander to a good place
1: hopefully. Julia how have you been sort of staying connected to the places you love?
2: Um, in a very similar way except that I can't cook so I'm not doing anything ambitious but <laughs> I have cleared out my cupboards and I've got all this stuff that I've picked up from everywhere around the world but I'm never home so I never use it so I'm going through that and then That's starting new connections. So I've just, I'm coming to the end of my bottle of olive oil from Umbria. So I emailed the guy and I was like, how are you? Is everything all right? Are you shipping to the UK? So I'm going to buy some oil from him. And then I thought, hang on, I normally buy my olive oil from Puglia because I'm a massive olive oil snob. So I emailed my favourite Puglia producer. How are you? Is everything okay? So I'm going to buy a bottle from him as well. I'm using soap that I brought back from Brazil. In my last day in Sao Paulo with my sprained ankle on a crutch, I went round trying to pick up loads of stuff like soap and herbs and things that would make me remember Brazil. So I've got my soap from Sao Paulo. I've got a massive salami that I'm working my way through from Parma that I bought in December. I've got a huge hunk of cheese from Bologna, Parmesan cheese, again, working through that gradually. And it's just every time I'm seeing this stuff and smelling it or eating it, it's just taking me back and yeah it's it's gorgeous and it makes me realize that I'm so stupid that I never use stuff when I buy it but on the other hand I'm now being transported back when I most need it so it's probably those descriptions are
3: transporting it. me oh my god
1: I know I know and I'm like god I want to I I'm gonna have to email your man in
2: Puglia <laughs> I was gonna say we need that name <laughs> his his shipping rates are really really good 15 euros for three bottles which is nothing if you think about it, and the bottles start at three euros. So, yeah, he's Pietro Damico from Il Frantolio. Um, in my best, my best English Italian accent, there. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're incredible, and it will take you straight to Italy. So everyone should do that.
1: And I think that's a really good point, just in terms of obviously when everyone's stuck at home, the temptation is to do a lot of online shopping, um, and being conscious of where you're putting your money while you're doing it is, I think, really important right now, especially when you're thinking about small businesses and sort of what a wonderful way to be able to support these producers in regions that have been really hard hit by this and also getting something really nice out of it at the same time for yourself.
0: Now that we've kind of worked through everyone's priorities and concerns and loves that they're going through right now what is the next trip you are mentally planning already even if you can't book it yet i guess we'll start with julia
2: oh i don't know it's really hard so there are ones that i was supposed to already be on um i was supposed to be in naples for easter i was supposed to be going to la to house with a friend in june but they're not they're not really the ones that i'm aching to go on I'm actually desperate to go back to Uruguay and finish where I started or pick up where I left off or or even and I just really want to get back to Italy it's my favorite place in the world it has everything it has history art incredible people amazing food it's just the best place for me that I've ever been and I just want to go there and throw every single penny that I have at them and to all the small businesses like here let me buy four bottles of olive oil let me buy some saffron let me buy some chickpeas even though I'll probably never eat them <laughs> and just really do everything I can to help them back, get back on their feet I just discovered a not discovered but it was my first time in the really mountainous part of central Italy in November where they've been suffering from earthquakes um, they haven't recovered from the massive earthquakes of 2016 and these towns are still pretty much ruined and people before coronavirus were trying desperately to get back on their feet but really struggling so I think I want to go back there where the food is incredible the history is amazing it's so sad to see all these buildings just falling down around you but they need help and it's an amazing place an amazing atmosphere so that's that's where I'm going to go and throw my money at them
3: Megan how about you I'm going to make sure I get that Lebanon trip on the books as soon as I can. And I'm thinking a lot about kind of the same thing we've been saying throughout, but those types of trips that I always wanted to do and haven't prioritized. I think like another condition of being someone who loves to travel is that whenever you get opportunities to go places, even if they're not somewhere you've thought about, you just say yes to everything. Like I have a problem with that because I want to be always moving, always in different places. But because I do that, then I feel like I'm traveling a lot and then I'm, I want time at home and then I don't make time for these really big trips that like have always kind of been simmering in the back of my mind as something I want to do at some point. And so like one of those is I really want to get certified to scuba dive. Like I did a discovery course once and I loved it and it like sparked something in me and I still have never planned that trip. So I like I want to do my research now since I have plenty of time and figure out like Am I going to Indonesia? Am I going to Roatan in Honduras? Like, where am I going to go and do this and when? And like, who's going with me and get it on the books? Because I think like, this has taught me that I don't want to have years and years of not doing things and then not being able to.
1: Lale? Well, eh? well, the moment that it's safe to travel, I'm just going to go home and go to London and just, you know, be with my family. But that's that's a given. And then beyond that you know I think obviously I have like a great yearning to be going to new places and ticking off the sort of trips that I've wanted to do for a long time you know I think if people listen to the podcast enough they know that I'm like desperate to go to Vietnam that's like been top of my list for like two years at this point but it's also I think that you know you can only miss the places that you know and this experience has you know made me think about, you know, well, I wonder how the people who run my favorite restaurant in Athens are doing, for example, and, you know, like, how's my favorite neighborhood in Istanbul? How, you know, I just, you know, what I would give to just walk through the Marais in Paris. Um, So I actually think I might end up returning to places I've already been before and just, you know, absorbing them probably in a far better and more thoughtful way than I've done in the past.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like along the similar lines, but not the exact same as you going back to London, um, because I'm in Texas right now, like the first thing I want to do is go to New York and obviously go back to my apartment, but also be out in New York, which is I know something that Megan and you probably feel um, even more acutely being there and, and not being able to um, go to your favorite restaurants. Like all I want right now is to sit in a restaurant and have it be really loud and talk to the person next to me. Um, and bother them about what they've ordered and like talk to the waiter um, and I think I'm missing those aspects of New York that like community, the walking, all of that most and then beyond that, I feel like just like Lolly I want to go back to all these places
2: that I love and see people that I love my anything and this it might be I mean this is not really relevant at my at the moment but it's made me rethink my whole priorities like I'm seriously over the last couple of days started thinking about can I put together really quickly some almost kind of as a charity thing like supplying Italian stuff to the UK and the US and stuff like that can I put together a website that kind of puts all these suppliers quickly translate them and see whether we can get stuff to people so I don't know that's just my little personal plug that I haven't even started on yet but oh my god well I can tell us tell what you about you do because I be yeah. your first Brilliant.
3: customer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if there's anything we've learned during this time, it is that things when they need to happen quickly can happen quickly, especially when there's like a good intention behind it. People get on board and support you If people
0: want to find that when it comes to being, where can they find you on the internet?
2: Oh, well, they could find me on Twitter where I'm at Julia the Last. I think it would be really cool thing to get behind. And I think it would help a lot of people, but also it would give a lot of pleasure to those of us who are stuck at home.
0: 100%. Um, Megan, where can people find you on the internet?
3: I'm at Spirelli on Instagram or Megan Spirelli on Twitter. And you can find me at Lale
0: Hannah. And I'm at oh, hey there, Mayor. If you are looking for more information about the pandemic and its effects on the travel industry, need help getting a cash refund on a canceled trip, or want to see how people around the world are managing to stay connected during lockdown, head to cntraveler.com. Megan has written a bunch of great pieces about the coronavirus as it relates to travel, so be sure to check those out. For more updates on Women Who Travel, follow us on Instagram at women who travel and sign up for our newsletter. We'll talk to you next week.